All right. Hello, everyone. Today we have a special guest, Mrs. Vernicia from Stepping Into Purity. How are you doing today? I'm fine. How are you all doing? Awesome. It's such a blessing to have you here today. I had to bring you on here. You're pretty much my purity coach <laughs> at this point in my season. This was important to showcase this topic because during my journey to becoming a developer, these were one of the ways God chose to develop me. And I think it's very important that other men and women or who knows who's listening, teenagers, to know the importance of purity. And we're going to kind of dive into all of the things that people should have learned in the church, or they may be learning in their church, but you definitely have, God has graced you with this gift of teaching about purity and uh, self-identity. And we're going to tap into that today. So thank you again for coming on. You are welcome. The pleasure. So tell us about, yeah. So tell us about who you are and your company that you have or your program that you have in this season. Okay. All right. Well, Hi, everybody. I'm Vernicia. I am from Virginia, and I'm originally from a small town called Portsmouth, Virginia, but you all probably know about Virginia Beach. So I'm from the 757, and I currently live in Northern Virginia. So I am the oldest of uh, three children. My parents are in Portsmouth as well. And I am a person who's just passionate about how God takes our mess of a life, a ratchet mess, and he turns it into a message. So that's exactly what Stepping Into Purity is all about. I have had time in my life, even growing up as a Christian in a Christian family, going to church all the time, where I didn't really know my identity. I didn't know who I was in Christ. I didn't believe it. And in my teenage years, like often some people do, I went to the left and just started looking for love in all the wrong places and um, looking for a man to bring me value and worth when God had already assigned that to me. So I have, I am almost done with the edits for my first book. So I'm an author to be, Stepping Into Purity, and I have a Facebook group called Stepping Into Purity and Beyond. And you see the Instagram handle there, Stepping Into Purity. So hopefully you will follow Stepping Into Purity on Instagram. And if you want to join the Facebook group, because there's a lot of things going there that we don't want to be public. So if you want to be involved in the Facebook group, please make sure you answer the entry questions and we'll definitely let you in. It is all ladies. So guys, I'm sorry. But on Instagram, you can definitely follow us and listen to some of the things that we talk about. But the privacy is in the Facebook. I met Deontay at a conference, and then we started following each other on Instagram. And I have learned um, a lot from you, Deontay. So thank you so much for your generosity and all you give about all things real estate. I call her a real estate professional, but all things real estate. And I've learned a lot about that. And just glad to be here today. Awesome. And Venetia, what motivated you to practice abstinence? And also, if you don't mind going into the difference between abstinence and oh, celibacy. So, ladies and gents, celibacy is when you do not, and I don't have the definition in front of me, but if if you do not ever want to have sex again and you're good with that, 
then that is celibacy. Um, abstinence is you are abstaining from sexual activity and we hope it will be God's way, which is until marriage. So that's the difference in abstinence and, and celibacy. So I'm abstinent. I don't know about y'all, but I'm abstinent. Same. <laughs> same, yeah. same, same. And what motivated you to practice um, abstinence? So it, it was a long road, long, long road. But because I grew up in church, because I trusted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior as a six-year-old in a five-day club in my home, my parents' home, I was convicted by some of the things that had gone on in my life after that. And some things were unfortunate, were not my fault. And some were, <laughs> a lot were, I should say. And so that just... An unfortunate instance, incident when I was small spurred me on to this wanting to get that feeling back and wanting to to find my worth and value and and that again that that feeling of being loved and wanted and desired through guys and so for years I had sex outside of marriage. Unfortunately, just I was in a relationship early on. And after that relationship ended, that's when things just spun out of control. And I was trying to find that security back and that identity back. So basically, being someone's girlfriend was very important to me. And I didn't know that until I broke until we broke up. I found him cheating on me and he eventually lost interest and we are a relationship ended. I caught him with the girl as well. And, and then I was like, well, gosh, well, who's going to keep me safe? I felt safe in that relationship as well. And so a relationship after relationship or fling after fling, I realized, you know what? This is not working for me. God began to draw me back to him. And the way he did that was I wasn't okay with the way I was living anymore, y'all. I was acting like a fugitive. I was running from God. And how many of you know you don't even have enough speed to run from God? I, I didn't have enough speed to run from God. You can't run from God. Psalm 139 talks about how wherever you go, whether you go to the depths of hell and heights of heaven, God knows where you are. And he, he, he had already planned for our lives before the foundation of the world were laid, we were made in his image and likeness. God is, um, he loves us though, and is always motivated by love. So through his love for me, knowing that he had plans to prosper me and not to harm me, like Je Jeremiah 29, 11 says, he drew me back to him. And Jeremiah 31, 3 says that God has loved us with an everlasting love. And Revelation 2 talks about God drawing us or us turning back to our first love. I used to call my first boyfriend, the one I dated for six and a half years, I used to call him my first love until one day I realized, mm, he's not my first love. God is my first love. Like, what was I thinking? God was my first love. And I just got tired, y'all. And I missed my peace. I wanted peace more than anything else. I wanted to honor God more than anything else. And when God wants, when God is like, he's patient, he's merciful, he's God, and he's loving. But when he has had enough, he's had enough. And I, my heart couldn't take it anymore. People were praying for me. 
People at church used to say, hey, Sister Ewer, are you living pure? And I was like, yeah, and I would run. <laughs> right. Now, do you feel like you had a soul tie to this man that you were with? And Definitely. many may not know what a soul tie is. So, so tell them what yeah. a soul tie is as well. Definitely had a soul tie with him. First of all, we were in a long-standing relationship, right? And then also we had sex. So that creates a soul tie. So I have a definition right And the definition is something I put together. So you, when you have sex with a man, you are tying your soul to him. And so that's why God made sex for marriage. In 1 Corinthians 6, 18, he even encouraged, the Bible encourages us, Paul encourages us to flee from sexual immorality. So to be tied with someone is to be fastened with a knot or a bow, to hold together by a tie, a thing that unites or links people, a thing that restricts someone's freedom of action to attach someone to with a string or cord, to restrict someone to a particular situation. And so all of that means that your soul has been tied and fastened and attached to someone that has not committed to you in holy matrimony. That's detrimental. Wow. So, and I know that these days people are, less people are getting married and, and people don't really, they're living with each other and they don't really honor that, that sex was made specifically for marriage. It's God's gift to married people. And I can't wait till I get married, but he did not, he does not want us attached or fastened with someone that we're not married with. It just brings on so much drama and so many problems that God didn't destine for us to have. So that's my definition of a soul tie. And it can be, soul ties can be good and bad, but when you're, when you're having premarital sex, it is not honoring to God. My testimony would be that had I known about soul ties growing up, I would have remained a virgin to this day. You know, and I'm not going to sit here and say I had uh, so many sexual partners, but I had a good amount and imagine just me imagining that my soul or their soul is meshed with mine, right? Like gross, whether you had protected sex or unprotected sex, I think that's very dangerous. And in many cases, I may have a, a broken soul tied with them, but they may be still you know, affected by the soul tie that I have on them or something. And I find that really fascinating. And I literally pray that God breaks any and all soul ties that I have with someone else or they have with me. And I'm not going to get into my full testimony today, maybe in the future. <laughs> but I, I think it's very true. Like, I know soul ties are real, personally, firsthand just separating from a person. I still have a soul tie. No, I don't have one with him, but he probably has one with me and he'll just pop up randomly. Like I miss you or whatever. And in yeah. his mind that we're, we're still going to be together and we're never going to be together. But anyway, so they're very dangerous now. Mm -hmm. They are. And let me say, can I say something about protected sex? You mentioned you can't like the Bible encourages us to guard our hearts, right? because it's the wellspring of life. And we can't put a condom over our, our hearts. Uh -uh. There's no such thing as protected sex. 
Now, the society has come up with condoms and pills and patches and IUDs and all kinds of things, but there's always an, an opportunity because we're women, because we have, most of us have ovaries that release an egg and wait for that sperm to come up every month. There's always an opportunity for us to either get into a soul tie by having sex, get pregnant, get an STD, and I have to tell my clients this all the time. I am a pregnancy decision coach and I'm a client services director at a pregnancy medical clinic here in Northern Virginia. And we have to tell our clients that all the time because they think that, okay, if I just have, if I just protect myself, then I'm going to be good. And I'm like, honey, you can't put a condom over your heart. So not just are we unprotected physically, but emotionally and relationally and mentally and social. So it, it just touches everything um, about us when we have sex with someone, not just physically, or not just physical pleasure. And as you said, I don't know why I'm, I'm getting the echo again, but as you said, you can also have a soul tie in a, maybe even in a business relationship, you can have a soul tie with a parent. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's deeper than just sex, you know, and it, it is. <laughs> yeah, all those situations. You can have soul tie with your children. And I, and again, it doesn't mean that it's always bad. Right. You just have, we have to be wise in who we tie ourselves with and make sure that it's God-led. Right. So based on your experience as one, also a trauma, trauma counselor, and now as the purity coach, and if you have another term for it, feel free to let me know what it actually, what your actual title is. But to me, you're like my purity coach now. I mean, I've been practicing purity for about on and off most of my life, we'll say. But in these last couple of months, I would say at least the last 10 months, I've been nonstop practicing purity. What have you witnessed from some of the people that you coach, including myself, that mm -hmm that they, they dealt with as far as sexual perversion, like what caused them to even have issues with sexual perversion? Yeah, it could be the being violated as a young person. It could be by watching too much TV because everything is sexualized and sensualized on in the media. It could also be participating in things and different activities where we think it's harmless until we come to ourselves, until we come, we meet wisdom and we start understanding like, wow, I didn't know that I gave pieces of me and I didn't know that he took pieces of me and I need to go back and get that through prayer and through renouncing that, that breaking that those agreements I made physically or emotionally because there, there are soul ties that I've made with people that I didn't even have sex with y'all because I was so busy hoping that I would marry that person or I was planning my future with them when they hadn't even, they hadn't even, you know, proposed or even said they were interested in that. I just assumed because it was such a desire of mine. And then I realized, you know what, God knows best. And I just need to, I just need to relinquish my own will and surrender to God. I know sometimes it might be a bad word, but look, life is much better when you surrender to God. So 
when you were asking earlier about what brought me to the place of abstinence, I got tired. I wanted peace. And I started going to the Lord about, you know, this heaviness that I was carrying. It wasn't comfortable anymore. I started going to the Lord about instead of my friends, instead of the guy, instead of another guy, because, you know, maybe he lost interest. I started going to the Lord and just, you know, that ugly cry when you know you've done something wrong and you're like, oh no, I did it again. I said I wouldn't do it. You know, and, and I can't even tell y'all, it had to been the Holy Spirit that drew me back to him and had me to go to him with my mess. But there was a friend who planted a seed in my heart years before that. And she said, you can't go to the Lord. You can't fix everything in your life and then go to the Lord. Cause I was like, I can't, I can't talk, tell the Lord that I was doing drinking and having sex. And, you know, I got to stop that stuff before I come to him. She was like, no, bring your mess. And I was thinking, I don't want to tell him about that. But along the way, I started learning that he is the best person that can tell me about that because people can give me tips and tricks and all this stuff about what to do to become, to be abstinent and to honor God. But until you meet the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and you tell him about it, he is the one that can give you the power to break that will. And he'll do it. He did it for me. And I know he'll do it for anybody who's listening who needs that power broken too. He will He will break the power of sin and he will bring you into an, a relationship with him and a lifestyle that honors him. He is Amen. faithful. He is so faithful. And in many ways, purity protected me from heartbreak, even further heartbreak. What I will say about my testimony is at one point I was abstinent. I was practicing purity for uh -huh. over 400 days. Okay. And Good. during that time, a couple of things happened, but two in particular, I had one guy I was dating who I had dated before me and him did have a sexual relationship and we were dating. Like this guy was a nice guy. He wasn't the reason why me and him wasn't going to work is he was a good guy, but he wasn't a godly man. So, mm. you know, that was, it wasn't going to work. But at that point I wasn't really strong in my faith and, 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 and my relationship with God. So I didn't know better, but God protected me from heartbreak from him because when we started dating again and being kindling things just as friends, he knew I was practicing purity. He wound up getting another girl pregnant. So I feel like had I been having sex with him, he would have, one, taken me more serious. But mm -hmm. regardless, I feel like that baby was coming anyway. So yeah. thank God I wasn't sexually active with him because I would have been heartbroken that now yeah. the man that I want to be with got a whole other person pregnant. Mm -hmm. um, and also another guy I dated later on that year, <laughs> he also wasn't a godly man, we'll say. Believe in God, but he he didn't have the uh, he wasn't a kingdom man. We'll say that he didn't have the values or practices of God. A man that follows Christianity. He also got in a woman pregnant. How did he? Yeah. So he, he oh. it was another one I really liked, and no matter what, I don't care what nobody say, those babies were coming whether or not I was having sex with these men. Like they were mm -hmm. still probably going to be sleeping with these women because. Both mm -hmm. women were their ex-girlfriends. <laughs> so yeah. Apparently okay. they had soul ties okay. to those women as well, you know? Right. Yeah, um, they did. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I feel like God, like when I found out about both situations, both babies, all I could do is laugh and I and thank God, like thank you for protecting me yeah. from that heartbreak you, that I was not. I would have, of course, been very upset about. Yeah. Um, but thank you for protecting me in in this in this season of my purity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I didn't have time to go back to feeling bitter about something I couldn't change. Like I've been through yeah. that already. But so, we can um, break things a lot quicker when you don't have sex and when you're cautious. Yes. And sometimes people just say, well, you know, life is short. And I'm like, life is short, but I don't want to live at heart anymore. Exactly. No you know? So I have also been in relationships with people where I didn't have sex. And I believe that soul ties could possibly have been um, formed in those relationships because of my desire for marriage and all that. And I'm just, you know, making, I have this narrative in my, in my mind that I'm living with this person, but their, their narrative is totally different. I remember one time I told a guy, I was like, I went and bought this wedding dress because God told me that uh, we were going to get married. He was like, how did God tell you? And he didn't tell me. Hmm. Now, well, that, this guy, that wedding dress was on sale for $200. It was cute. I was always trying it on and imagining myself down the aisle. But I'm wondering today if his heart was turned away from the Lord and his ears were stopped up to the Lord because I know God was pursuing him. And there was even confirmation for that and our relationship. And he went, he went to the left. And so sometimes you know, the Lord will just allow things to dissolve because the other person is not like, maybe they were at one time following after him and then he, and then they turn their hearts away from the Lord. So God does protect us. And I, I definitely agree with you on that point. Yeah. He protects us. Definitely. Um, yeah. Cause it sounds like he was being disobedient. So if God truly showed you that, and he wasn't after God's heart and he was being disobedient. He got to deal with those consequences. At least, you, really you know, Lisa, you yeah. are, you know, following after God's heart and you have that relationship with him to be obedient. Mm -hmm. And I think that's pretty interesting that it happened like that. And, you know, you might've been protected. Yeah. I think that, that was definitely oh, yeah. God's protection in many different ways. Some of those guys now, and their lifestyle. I'm like, wow, Lord, thank you. So you, um, you still see, not see him, but you, you can see him from afar. What's going on? Well, I know that there are, I know that, you know, there's some, there was some drama. Um, and his life just looks like something I didn't want to be a part of. So, Hello. Um, Look at God protecting yeah. you. God, God protected me. I don't know if it was from you or someone else, but it was in the context context of no I think it was probably someone else but even the guy that we think we want to be with me sometimes you don't get everybody doesn't have the opportunity to get confirmation from God but they should be seeking confirmation from God however we don't and some people are very hard-headed and stubborn they don't listen to God so even when God is telling them that man is no good for them God has the power to make that man not want you anymore since uh -huh. you're so hard-headed yeah. to leave a man, he'll make it where the man don't want you anymore. And that actually happened to me. Mm. Um, and it, it's such a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Um, he's such a protector. He's such a protector. My, you know, my one of my exes, I'm not going to say which one, 
I mean, the relationship was okay. I thought he was a God-fearing man. He wasn't. You know, early in the relationship, he did things. I forgave him, trying to be a good woman, trying to be a ride or die, trying to be a Christian. But there, the, a lot of the signs were there. And then once it finally started going down, I, God started revealing to me, like, okay, you're sleeping. Like, I literally had a dream about sleeping in a bed with a snake. Ah. Of course, in this relationship, I wasn't practicing purity. The beginning when I met the person, I was. And he said, you know, he was a God-fearing man. He did go to church. He didn't even curse, okay? He only listened to gospel. Like, he was a, he was truly a counterfeit, we'll call him, okay? So somehow we ended up having sex and we moved in together. All this, We just went full speed without God's permission. And But God still protected me. He still gave me a blessing. Um, but he started revealing to me that I was sleeping in the bed with a snake. So I kept that to myself. I didn't tell him because he wasn't that deep with God. He didn't have that relationship with God like I did. Mm -hmm. The next dream I had about him was that he was cheating on me. And even before we got to that po point, I was trying to break up with him. I didn't want to be with him. I knew he was not the man for me. And he would beg me to stay. He was kind of a narcissist. He wasn't abusive, but he was a narcissist. So it was some type of manipulative control he had over me. Okay. Um, yeah. But I, I, I knew that wasn't for me. I knew it wasn't going to last. The enemy started making me depressed about the situation. Like, because I knew it wasn't going to work, I started feeling sad about it. Right? Yeah. Um, so I, I literally tried to break up with this man like three or four times. Mm. It's finally revealed that he's he's cheating on me, like my dream said. And this happened like the dream happened in, in in August. By October, it was confirmed that he was cheating on me. And okay. the blessing was when I confronted him, he said, "I don't have nothing to explain to you. I don't want to be with you." So. Okay, good. So. You know that that didn't fly away. <laughs> but <laughs> but the blessing was, had we talked about it, I probably would have forgave him. We had a soul tie. Mm -hmm. um, I was still willing to be um, forgiven, right? Yeah. I was, even though you know, because I felt like it was some tweaks in the relationship we could have worked on, and we would have been okay. We actually built a family together, so that's probably one of the reasons why I didn't want to separate the family structure. So with that being said, had he not said, I don't want to be with you, after I done told him many times, I don't want to be with you, right? And he begged me to stay, I would have still been in that relationship. So thank yeah. God God got me to the point where I, I didn't have the heart to leave him. Mm -hmm. but he, had, he, he didn't want me, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> and now, fast forward, <laughs> fast forward, I'm healed from that relationship. I'm Amen. now married. Yeah. I believe God sent me a man that is designed in his makeup, and that's just a blessing. Like, there is a happy ending after mm -hmm. you suffer um, from bad soul ties, after you yeah. suffer from bitterness from the relationship and drama yeah. along that go goes on with the relationship. So there is happiness at the end of the tunnel. And I do feel like during that process of me regaining strength mm -hmm. physically, emotionally, mm -hmm. mentally, spiritually, being developed, self-developed in those moments, I was able to realize who I am in Christ. And Amen. what I want to yeah. ask you is how important it is for women and men to know what their identity is in Christ. 
It is very important because <clears throat> when we know who we are, we don't get lost in someone else. And many times we'll forfeit God to get lost in someone else because we don't know who we are and we don't know who the Lord is. And because he is our maker in Isaiah 40, is Isaiah 43 or 53? I think it's 53 or 54. It says, God is our maker, our husband. Like we have to know who we are in him. We have to know how, why he created us. We need to seek him for that. We need to ask him for that. We, we talked about this in our program last night. We have a Stepping into Purity has a program. It's called the 12-Step Incubator Program. And we're talking about our identity last week. And this week coming up, we'll be talking about who God is anyway. Like, who is God? And why would he want me? Why did he create me? And how do, and he created me in his image and likeness. What does that mean? I'm created in the image and likeness of the almighty God of this universe. Amen. What does that mean? I didn't call him the universe. So right. don't even get me started on that. He's the God of the universe. He created the universe. That is God, a person. He's motivated by love. He designed you uniquely and for a purpose. And so as you come into a relationship with God, it's trusting Jesus Christ, Lord, as Lord and Savior, you're confessing with your mouth that you um, have sinned, that Jesus took upon your sin on the cross, and not only did he die for your sin, and he died in your place, but he also, God gave him power over death, so he, he died and buried your sin, but he also overcame death, and he's living today, and when we pray to him, when we worship him, then we can get to know more about who we are in him. And as we live every day, we begin to emulate Christ when we have that relationship with him. We can't emulate somebody we don't have a relationship with. Think about it. Your mom and your dad and people say, oh, you resemble so-and-so and you resemble so-and-so. You know, you look like your, you know, your mom or your aunt so-and-so or you see cousins and you're like, oh my gosh, we look we look just alike. They may be five um, generations down the line. But you resemble, you begin resembling God from the inside out. Your heart has changed. Your mindset has changed. You take on the mind of Christ. And Ephesians 4 talks about that, the things that we should take off and the things we should put on. And, and as you see yourself transform into the image of God, you'll start seeing someone show up that you didn't even know. You're like, I don't even know who that person is. I'm telling you. When I come into contact with some of my friends from high school, they'll tell you, they'll be like, she is totally different. And often I will, I even remember when I'm in, in contact with them, I remember some of the things I used to say or do. They'll even remind me of those things. And I'm like, I can't believe I used to do that. Look, I mean, my life looks totally different now because I, I got tired, y'all. And I wanted God's peace. And he started tapping on my shoulder. And I was like, he was not going to make me comfortable because he chases after us. He pursues us because he wants us to live a life much better than what we're trying to live on our own and what we think is best on our own. So we come into his identity. Then we start behaving, behaving differently. 
we start making different choices and decisions. We even learn from our bad decisions and we're like, how about that? I ain't gonna do that no more because I, I've learned. <laughs> and I've learned that the, my own road is the road to destruction. But my road with God, Jesus said in, in John 10, 10, the latter part of that, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Living a ratchet lifestyle or living anything other than God's best is not abundant life. And I want abundant life. And there's still some other areas in my life, even my diet, Lord have mercy. Look, because God brought me out of the lifestyle of, of having sex and falling, selling myself too short and getting into a relationship with the wrong person and heartbreak break after heartbreak, I now know the other areas where I need to break free, y'all, I know he can give me victory over that because of what he did in the past. So don't give up. Don't think that things are over for you because you can't. Don't think things are over for you because you're having a hard time. You keep falling for somebody or you keep, you know, uh, taking the bait. Just know that your God can give you victory and the best thing you can do is to go to him with your mess. Amen. Don't be ashamed. God is not going to shame you. One of my former pastors used to say, shame off you. He came to bring, put, to take shame off you. Right. Not put shame on you. So when he comes to you, when you come to him, sorry, when you come to him, when you return to him, it's going to be like the, the, the parable of the prodigal son. He's his arms are open wide and he is like come yes i've been waiting come on come on in you know matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30 says come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden i was weary and heavy laden and i will give you rest and then it said come to me learn of me because i'm gentle and i'm humble like we're coming to the gentle and humble god who loves us and he said his his burden is easy and light. His burden is easy, his yoke is easy and burden light. Like he's not gonna have us in this lifestyle that burdens us down and, and breaks our heart open. And all. no, he is the mender of our hearts. And he is the one who, who has come that we may have abundant life, like exciting, an exciting journey. And everything's not gonna be perfect, but I, I promise you, that living a life with God is so much better than, give, than than living it without him. Living a life with God is so much better than living a life without him. Amen. So when we witness women that are in terrible relationships, I mean, terrible. <laughs> I mean, the man is cheating on them. They're having babies on them. You mm -hmm. name it. Do you think these women, one, have, we definitely know they have a soul tie. Yeah. Definitely. Do you think they don't know what their self-worth is? Like, they, they don't know who God said they are? Yeah. Self-esteem, self-worth, not knowing their value, not knowing that God already assigned their value. No one, no one person assigns their value. Their parents don't even assign their value because sometimes parents don't see the value in their children. They don't treat them the way God would, right? 
God, we had a whole conversation on that yesterday. I think we uh-huh. were talking about people and family members labeling you, call, even if they called you crazy or a bad child, a bad person. Yeah, I'm not claiming those, those titles on, on my life, no. And that's the value of knowing who, what God says about you. Yeah. That's the value of knowing what he says about you. And so that comes from reading scripture. And not only reading scripture, but reciting and memorizing scripture. And that's what we're doing in our program (laughs) every week. Uh, We're memorizing um, Psalm 51. And and it's great because you're getting the word in your heart. And as you get to know God more and spend time with him, as that person will start coming out of that relationship, relationship. And also they need to get around someone who does have a higher self-esteem according to what God says. Amen. And so changing their environment is going to be huge. And also getting around people who affirm them, affirm their worth and value on top of knowing what God's word says, as long as they want to get out of that relationship, then they, they can, and God will break that power. He will definitely break that power. Amen. I was going to, let me say something else about that. So earlier you said something about asking God for confirmation and, and things like that when we get into relationships. Look, we have, we because we're made in God's image and likeness and the law is written on all of our hearts, there's a level of wisdom that we have even if we don't have a relationship with God. And if we have a relationship with God, even more so Holy Spirit is inside of us and he is the spirit of wisdom. The spirit of wisdom will start speaking and telling us that this person is not the person for us. I remember seeing someone at a friend's church and realizing that they knew uh, someone else that I knew. So I was checking in with other people because I was like, he is fine, okay? (laughs) And he's in church and he's involved in ministry and woo, what's up with him? So I asked about him and my friend and her husband started telling me about some things about him. And I was like, "Mm, red flag red flag, red flag. Mm. So that could have been the enemy blocking you from God's blessing, right? So was it true information? Oh yeah. Oh, they knew him. They, they knew him. Like the husband was best friends with him. Oh, okay. And so red flag, red flag, red flag, right? At the end of our conversation, they said, so do you want his number? You want me to give you his number? Guess what I said? Thirsty. Guess what thirsty said? With their yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't have anybody on the horizon. I was bored. All of those are not, not, they're not good. Don't be bored. Go after your purpose while you're single. Chase so you God. can know what God has created you to do so that you're not bored and sitting around and taking somebody's number that you're going to end up getting entangled with. Ooh. So I took his number and was entangled for six months with this person. We did not have sex but he was going to have sex with me if I kept kissing him and letting him do whatever he wanted to do. I know I grew up singleness. Individuals single season, what should they be doing in your opinion? And their single single season, mm-hmm. chase after God. Yes. Get your know your identity in God. Find God as your safe place, your secure place. Start getting around people who are following God and who know their purpose. 
and uh, maybe take some assessments. There are all kinds of assessments for your spiritual gifts, for your strengths, for occupation, for business, entrepreneurship. I mean, for relationships, you can start working on yourself so that you can be something good for somebody in the future. So those are the things that you need to be working on because if you're sitting on the sidelines and bored and twiddling your thumbs and and being idle, the Bible says that the idle person is the, idle mind is the devil's workshop. I think it's in um, Proverbs, maybe. Proverbs, I think. But don't be idle because I'm telling you, you will find trouble. And everybody in church, I go to church. I'm a lover of church. I believe in the bride of Christ. That's the church. But everybody who's in church, I don't care whether they're on stage, on the pulpit, in ministry, devout people, they might fall with you. They might bring you down. And it's easier to bring somebody down than it is to lift somebody up. So don't try it. Don't try it. If you, if there's a red flag, if there's a pink flag, you need to, whoa, whoa. Okay, Lord, what's up with this? And God will let you know he is so faithful. He loves you. He is not going to uh, lead you wrong. And he's not going to have you to be ignorant. Right. And what I will say is set boundaries. Set boundaries. You know, when you first of all don't drink okay because that's a whole nother type of spirit that you shouldn't be involved in but if you know if you have a, a, some wine it's going to make you zesty or feel tingly <laughs> feel tingly <laughs> yeah not drinking wine okay especially yeah. not with a, a man or a person of the opposite sex i would also recommend that having accountability partners in your life Especially if you're dating somebody, let's say you do find a God-fearing man. God said, this is the man I want you to be with. You have confirmation. Another prophet confirmed it. Everybody knows it. He knows it. You're engaged like me. You have to set boundaries. One, you shouldn't be living with the person. Two. That is that just close court. Good grief. Too close quarters. Right. Too close. You shouldn't be sleeping over the person's house. You have to really set boundaries after 10 p.m., you should be home already. Like it shouldn't be a late night nightcap. And, and, and depending on who you are and what season it is, because you know, in the fall, time changes, and, and on the East Coast, at least, it starts getting dark around four thirty. <laughs> you need to know what week you're on on your woman cycle. You need to know if you're revved up or not. It might not even be a certain time. It just might be. You know what? Today is not the day right. because right. it ain't gonna be good. It ain't gonna be godly. So you do have to use discernment. You do have to set boundaries. If you get to know someone, I mean, work on your problem areas, y'all. Get counseling. Work on your problem areas. Know what things, you know what? I think that, I, why do I cling so much? Why am I so sticky? When somebody comes my way, I just pounce on them and I start seeing myself at the altar with them. Like, that's a problem. Um, why don't I, you know, know my worth and really, why am I always hard on myself or insulting myself and people say stop being so hard or don't say that you're not crazy or whatever why do i do that you need to get some counseling and i do offer one-on-one coaching i offer group coaching and you can go to my website www.verniciatur.com and schedule a free discovery calls a 30-minute session you can also um, schedule one-on-one coaching session that's paid the program the 12-step incubator program i will be I'm launching the second group in October. And so if you're interested, please go to the website 
and click on 12-step incubator program and you'll see all the information on that. Awesome. Anisha, this is going to be a blessing to somebody. Every time we speak, it's a blessing. So I know that this episode is going to touch the hearts of many. I hope, I pray. And you already told us how to keep in contact with you. You can follow Venetia on Instagram at Stepping Into Purity. And she already told you all of the other places you can contact her at. I would definitely recommend it. We might have a part two in the near future of this conversation. And it was such, yeah, it was such a blessing. Again, she's my priority coach, even though I'm in the season of marriage. So it's important. It's necessary. And this is what God definitely, these are the steps he would want you to take. So yeah. And and married people need to be pure too. Married people need to be pure. And and people abstaining from sex or they need to abstain from sex with other people and only have sex with their spouse. Yeah. But so so purity is is mind, body, spirit, and soul, and it pertains to all of our life, y'all. There are things that even as married people, they may watch certain movies and things and and soul ties can be formed with other people and it only should be with your spouse. And you just want to protect your heart and protect your marriage as well. So just be careful and 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 seek God for purity even in your marriage. And on the way to marriage, go get marriage counseling. I believe yeah, it. Yeah. I believe in it. So um, that's very important. So the Facebook group, Stepping Into Purity and Beyond, for ladies only, it's a private group. We talk about a lot more than we do on Instagram because uh, we can be a little bit more transparent there. And there are three entry questions, so make sure that you answer those three entry questions and we'll let you in. Awesome. People find out about programs for men as well. There are a few out there. Um, yeah. I think we have a bunch of women that are on the right page, but not many men on the right page. And that's the problem. So yeah. one, you're unequally yoked and that's the problem. Right. And then, they, yeah. yeah. So hopefully by the time this episode airs, I'll be able to release some places men can go for that type of education. Also, you know, the last thing I want to say, purity does help with, if you're in a relationship or if you're engaged to be married, it helps with self-discipline. So going back to what you said about yeah. purity in the marriage, if you can abstain from sex and your discipline and the, that urge for sex is gone and all that good stuff, that will yeah. more than likely, of course, you don't want nobody having infidelity in a marriage, but it kind of yeah. helps with that because you've it, curbed your appetite for sex during the purity is. stage that you can ultimately control yourself sexually um, once you are married and you should only be desiring your wife, your appetite for other women from the past, from your soul ties, right? Those yeah. are most more than likely relinquished. You don't have a desire to compare the sex that you had with one of your exes in 1995 or whatever to your new wife. So th- that's also important to pray for and prepare for. This was a, pl- a pleasure and a blessing. Thank you for coming on, Vernisha. Thank you for having me. I really enjoy, I always enjoy talking to you. And I felt like we had a webinar the first time we met. So it's always great. Thank you for the opportunity. All right. God bless you. And we'll talk soon. All right. Bye.